This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about therapy for creatives. Having a support network or a community helps our mental, emotional, and often spiritual well-being. For some of us, those people in our support network might be comprised of friends or family members. There's also value from it including acquaintances, maybe a spiritual community, a support group, and as it pertains to today's topic, a therapist. Today's episode will touch on therapy and how I found it to be valuable in my creative journey, but always love to hear yours. As winter in NYC nears, temperatures have been dropping, COVID cases have been spiking again, the sun's setting at 4 p.m. The environment has not been conducive to joy in some ways, more so to uh, depression, so I felt it was perfect timing to touch on this topic. It's the atmosphere for a starving artist to be brooding and down. And as we're not about that, let's address therapy for creatives having a successful creative life. Our agenda for today's episode is first, how the topic became relevant to me. Second, a focus on the benefits of therapy for creative people. If you've been enjoying this podcast, getting value from it, your support through donation would be hugely appreciated. Writing, researching, and recording and promoting this podcast each week is no small lift, and I would love to onboard support for that, and your contributions make that possible. Your support um, can be shared at anchor.fm backslash no starving artists backslash support, and that link is included in the show notes. Also, if you could help people find the podcast, your rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts makes a difference. Otherwise, let's get into it. How this topic became relevant to me. Well, the creative journey is therapy in itself. It's true There is something incredibly therapeutic about exercising our ability to create, to think less and be more intuitive in our process of sharing, of creating, of making things, of organizing ourselves, of putting things out into the world or putting things out to ourselves. Maybe you're keeping your art and creations or business plans to yourself and that's fine. I like to say things like music is my therapy dance is my therapy and those are so true these are all creative practices that are therapeutic which we might engage in for the purpose of well-being or just inner joy that is creative wellness creating and engaging with practices that are creative and expressive for joy and well-being i love creative wellness and there's also value for straight up talk therapy which I have found in my lifetime to be hugely beneficial. And 
creative ther- creative wellness doesn't take its place. My creative practice is, yeah, just so, you know, for me. And there is also this huge benefit that I've received from therapy. The most comparable thing to therapy is maybe this podcast or journaling privately. But still, it's not therapy. Hearing myself out loud is great, but hearing someone mirror back to me what I'm saying even more so being that person being objective, um, especially. What we cannot always provide ourselves is that objective listener, even with family and friends. And um, sometimes they're just not able to mirror back what we need or mirror back from a distance or highlight to us tools that could unlock greater potential in our lives. So there's value to therapy to me in the long short I started going to therapy almost a decade ago, and it's been an on and off process since then. Starting back on tomorrow, kind of dipping into different sessions as needed, and having a big day of just sadness and crying on Sunday, like, had not much sadness over these last few months, and recognized that. Sometimes I think it can be a little heart shut down. I had a therapist through my previous health insurance with Google, and it's been a while since then, since I talked to somebody. He was really great. Um, I would often go into sessions with him, not even having a topic or feeling emotive, but we always found plenty to talk about and work through when it came to small decision-making, any irritations, needing just additional affirmation and support tips and tactics there's always value in his expertise therapists study human behavior and as much as we like to think that we can be you know very objective in such it's really different to have somebody who's really trained in listening to note patterns and help highlight and connect dots for you it really helps expedite some processes but taking the time to find the right therapist is real sometimes it takes trying different people. My Sunday of sadness felt pretty extra likely because I'd been suppressing so much loneliness, feelings of loneliness. And then I had ceremonial cacao, which is a whole saga. And I started taking it for heart opening. It fully, I think, releases that in me. I really wanted to connect more strongly to my creativity and that's how it began. But it also brings up so many kind of untapped emotions and so with the sadness coming up and I wasn't suicidal I wasn't depressed I was just feeling sadness finally around the circumstances of the world I miss doing things with friends going to concerts museums dance classes lifestyle um that is so domestic now is you know a joy in some ways and then also getting to be a little isolating and so I know we're all going through it and normally it makes me feel better to think about how we're all going through it and now it just makes me you know disappointed at times because I also see so many homeless people in the parks these days I see so many people sleeping on benches it's just a state of the world that is saddening especially for humanity Um, and with all this crying and awareness it was also good 
I think it's very valuable for us to have sad days. And when I have these sad days, when it comes up for me, this crying, I recognize, oh, what is behind this sadness? And sometimes it's, in this case, some suppressed loneliness or some suppressed recognition of the sadness that I feel for the world. Um, It's also an opportunity to educate myself on how to create better practices as winter's arising. It's also an opportunity for me to more deeply reflect on the life I want to create and build. Um, If I'm investing in the right friends, if I'm investing in the right habits, etc. And so I started calling my friends after Sunday and making plans with them to do Zoom dinner dates and investing more in my home space I realized winter is going to be rough if I don't have more plants so I went out and got some plants I also decided to find a therapist to get some perspective on the situation and habits and things that I could do that maybe I wasn't tuning into as much I had a session yesterday um and it was great she was like you need to take yourself on dates you need to like go to these museums even if it's you know not a 10 out of 10 it's going to be a 5 out of 10 they're at 20% capacity they're just not the way they used to be but because of the little the less the smaller amount of tourism it might be a pleasure in some other ways and you know get out of the city and you know take some day trips once a week do something that's out of the ordinary have more smaller interactions with people make sure that you're meditating outside um i found just one 45 minute therapy session yesterday so valuable and affirming and what I needed to hear because I can tell myself these things so many times but to hear it from someone else and hear new constructive ideas on ways that I can approach this time is yeah just powerful and I'm so grateful for that and so I highly encourage us to take all these moments where we have strong maybe emotional responses to tune in what's going on there how can we grow from this what's not working for us why are we why is this bubbling up and therapy is a great thing to tune into during hard times it's a nice option why not and uh, I know there's a number of reasons why not but we'll get into the next section of benefits of therapy for creativity As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. I'll be sharing five benefits of therapy along our creative journey. There are obviously so many other benefits that exist, and there's some very straightforward ones that I think are listed on different sources, but the source that I'm using is theworstlycenter.com, and the article is called The Benefits of Counseling. What I appreciated about this was that the benefits that they shared are pretty broad and they pertain to our creative journey in regards to gaining larger perspective and growth. 
I think if you are struggling with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, a difficult relationship, etc., therapy is 100% a great place to go to. I think if you're not experiencing much of anything, therapy is still a great place to go to. Our best investment that we can ever make is really in ourselves first, because when we start to love ourselves, care for ourselves, serve ourselves, improve our well-being, then we improve the well-being of everyone else around us. It's quite contagious in a great way. So I've turned to therapy hugely for personal growth and development. It's been a huge stress reducer. It's been really affirming on my creative journey and my personal journey, etc. So first of the five benefits of therapy along our creative journey is one, therapy provides us more of an ability to see ourselves and our thinking objectively. Speaking to a therapist, they have trained scientific support that you can't get from talking to friends or family or acquaintances often unless they're trained in studying human behavior to that extent. And having this greater degree of self-awareness, examining your emotions through hearing from another person who allows you to see it for yourself from the outside results in this heightened state of objectivity once we can process the benefits of that distance it can boost our self-esteem to know that we are not so different that there are so many others that have faced similar patterns to us we are definitely unique but we are not special we're not special in that everyone is special (laughs) and a lot of the experiences that we have are very human and somebody who studies human behavior can allow us to see those patterns and expedite our process of growth two therapy helps us see ourselves and our thinking in a new light which can challenge us so not is it sometimes just objective, but sometimes it is challenging us to go deeper. When you're speaking out loud and verbalizing thoughts and emotions, it lets you see it from a new perspective. And hearing it from another person back to you can show you new meaning, help you gain new ways of thinking about your problems by letting them out, by really putting them into the world. In a similar way, keeping a diary and journal can help people see your problems and examine them from some distance, but in some cases, people discover that their anxieties, worries, concerns aren't what they initially thought. In fact, what they're worrying about is small or with some time can be resolved, and that can be a huge relief. And It's really nice to have someone who can challenge us to see things from other people's perspectives. So my therapist isn't always just affirming what I say or objectively noting things. They're saying, hey, could could that have been an opportunity for you to lead with more curiosity? That's probably one of my favorite takeaways from therapy in general is like how can I lead with more curiosity when we don't like somebody's behavior 
when we don't like what's going on in the world around us, when there's an interaction that frustrates us, when we want to judge others, how can we lead with more curiosity? Because when we lead with more curiosity, we can assume better intent, even better intent with people who share a different perspective of us. It helps us build deeper empathy. Three, therapy is a place that's safe for cathartic experiences. It feels good to let things out. Keeping things inside is often unhealthy. So our creative process is a way that we can start to purge of these emotions and put them into a materialized form. But sometimes we need to just release them to release them. There's not every single emotion that needs to be turned into art. But there's some things that just don't need to be bottled up. And when we release, it feels like a weight lifted. I've definitely been in therapy sessions and came in feeling pretty numb and chill and cried during those sessions and left feeling light and alive and engaged. And I didn't realize that I'd just been suppressing some stuff, even teeny things. I'd just become very numbed out, which is very natural. But there's so much value in letting things go, even talking, even your therapy sessions being a place where you go to laugh or you go to truly express um, a range of emotion that maybe isn't societally acceptable or you can't share with that person directly that you want to talk about or you're even uncomfortable to share with just yourself. So it's a great place to let go of feelings you've been holding on to. Not every single emotion needs to be transformed into art. Not every interaction (laughs) needs to become a masterpiece. Though I love to advocate for creative wellness for that purpose too. But having this time set aside to confront our feelings is so valuable. As we get busier and our attention is pulled in every possible direction. When we wake up to when we fall asleep, we might wake up. And know, no matter how much you delay, moving towards your phone or computer or getting to work, that it's there and it's almost calling you. And so when we constantly feel pulled to do so much, it's hard to make the time to just sit, process difficult feelings. Sometimes those feelings can also feel like a distraction. Oh, if I start to take the time to process these feelings, it's going to bring me down and I'm going to lose productive time to do things. I don't want to feel guilt. I don't want to feel remorse, grief, sadness, madness, anything. I just want to be functional. I just want to get things done. But counseling and therapy forces you to confront those feelings. Obviously, it doesn't force you. It's voluntary. But it's nice to have the dedicated time set aside that holds you accountable to tap into your humanness because along our creative journey, that's the thing that really stands out. I've, I think the things that are most successful, the things that resonate most deeply with people are rooted in feeling, rooted in the human experience because when we interact with them, we can feel what the artist was trying to convey. To some extent, we can feel something. That's the work that moves us. Those are the businesses that move us, the things that are really rooted in emotion. So how can we think that us being robots and not tapping into our emotions is going to really create great work. You know we need it, but we can also process our emotions in a healthier way than brooding sadness that we channel into art. 
Um, so when you have an appointment set with another professional counselor and therapist, it's a good time and period for you to not run away from your feelings, but to sit down with them. We're less likely to be distracted while we're facing those feelings too. Rather than journaling, I try to set 20 minutes aside on a regular basis to journal, but sometimes I'm like, eh, 10, 10 is fine. <laughs> so this is held time. Number four, a more obvious one, emotional support. We need emotional support along our creative journeys to share the burden, to feel less alone with our problems. Often people feel unable to share their feelings and issues with people in their lives because we're going to burden them. I know I've been definitely feeling aware of the fact that, yes, I'm not the only one breaking through something, especially that's what the sadness pertained to on Sunday. I was like, wow, I've truly been more of the rock for so many people in my lives who have been going through so much. And now during this time when I feel like I'm going through sadness, I don't, calling on people is so much harder knowing that I know that, that they're dealing with so much. I don't want to bring them down further. So having someone who is a complete stranger, who doesn't know you, who doesn't judge you, who has given you the freedom to talk about things you normally wouldn't want to maybe share with other people and your friends or family can be very helpful and it makes us feel less alone less isolated in suffering and pain and difficulties and celebration I have a close friend I was talking to and they were sharing that they're just really proud of themselves they've gone back to school and in the first semester they've done extremely well but they don't feel good sharing that with their family because their family didn't go to school when they share things like this with their family. Their family feels like they're bragging. And so it's nice to have a place where you can be celebrated or you can share this accomplishment with someone and feel kind of free and liberated by at least being able to release something that you've been holding in. Maybe you're too embarrassed to talk to people in your life about something and that's a good place to talk about it maybe it's a testing ground for you to share things and expose yourself more broadly in the future helps you you know cope with everyday life sometimes just sharing and with a counselor can be pretty nice because it can feel like a weight off our minds and talk about having things that are just worries And knowing there's somebody we can rely on to listen to our problems can free our worrying, can free our focus to engage in our lives better. So holding things in can kind of create a vicious cycle um, of us also not feeling as available for others. So it goes both ways. And I think sometimes getting back on path to realizing our dreams means kind of sorting out some of the clutter of the uh, rudimentary things, you know, like the small irritations, little tasks, little burdens. Sometimes when we can settle even those down, then we can have more time to think about the big, exciting ventures, our dreams, our ambitions, the larger things in life. And yeah, 
ultimately just the general sharing of your emotions and having somebody you can confide in who listens to you even if you're paying them <laughs> relies on who you can rely on um and it's quite common these days I think for us to not feel like we have much of that it's quite common to feel like yeah a burden if you do share these things to others or exposed if you do share these things online etc and so it's okay to have a safe place to process things and last but not least therapy is beneficial along our creative journey because it's a gateway to other good habits to improving our quality of life to be a thriving artist it helps us improve our lives holistically because it's just one of those additional things that reminds of <laughs> reminds me this has been my experience reminds me of all the other things that I should be doing for instance having this one therapy session reminded me of all of these habits and routines that I can level up for instance not just meditating in the morning in my living room but intentionally meditating in the park so that I'm getting vitamin D, D, so I'm getting out of my apartment early in the morning, um, so that I'm engaging in nature, which I really have been craving and needing, despite being and living in the city, etc. Just that is uh, building, it's a a doubling of many habits, it's all these additional band-aids that we can do to support us, so that we don't find ourselves buried, right, there's all these moments where we can just kind of dig ourselves out of what could potentially be a little spiral depression just by going outside and just by sitting and meditating outside and just by taking a glass of hot chocolate and sitting on our fire escape and taking in the sun every so often just by having a nice salad and then going on a nice little run. It's all these tiny little things that accumulate to us feeling good. It's not just therapy, but therapy is always, for me, one of those additional reminders of all the other things that I want to hold myself accountable against. I want to sleep better. I want to uh, exercise more. I want to feel more energy. I want to dance more. I want to do all of these things, and I love going back to my therapist and having a good week, and then also knowing the things that I need to continue to improve on, to feel even better, to share even more, to be more available to others. There's so much fulfillment that I get from serving other people and I love having the bandwidth to be an emotional support, um, spiritual support, all that for others and what allows me to do that is taking care of myself. So the other flip side of this coin of taking care of ourselves is to serve and to be available and to share our art, to express, to be radiant all of that good stuff. You are no starving artist, and there's no reason to be living in a place of suffering. You deserve to feel good, and allowing yourself to be held, to be listened to, to be maybe given some objective feedback, or it just helps us gain deeper mindfulness, it allows us to stretch. So, just to recap, those five beneficial reasons of beneficial benefits of therapy are one a greater degree of self-awareness being able to think about ourselves and thinking objectively two seeing our thoughts and ourselves from a different perspective three a place for cathartic release 
support, greater emotional support, sharing that burden, feeling less alone in our problems, in our everyday life, distractions. Five, it's a gateway to good habits. It's a gateway to improving our quality of life holistically. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. Our next section is actually resources. So I'm going to touch on that quickly. So I hadn't explored therapy because I really loved my therapist that I had last year up until March, I guess, until leaving Google. And when my insurance changed and changing jobs, yeah, I could no longer be with that therapist. But um, I also didn't explore the fact that with my new health insurance, I have therapy for free through this other service. And that's something I didn't take advantage of. And I think we often don't take advantage of all the resources and things that are out there. One of the biggest reasons people tell me they won't go to therapy is, yeah, it's expensive or I don't really need to go through the past. I talk to friends, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we've gone through a little bit of why that has its flaws or challenges or opportunities for improvement. Therapy is great and it doesn't have to be so expensive. Speaking to that, yes, look into your insurance to see if there's free providers and if you go to projecthealthyminds.com backslash resources again that's projecthealthyminds.com backslash resources you can find a listing through this nonprofit organization that I've partnered with on a listing of all these different resources they list Talkspace as an option it's a platform that connects you with a therapist who is trained, it's $200 each year, so that comes out to $17 a month. There's also Trans Lifeline, and that's more for crisis, Um, particularly for the trans community. It provides 24-7 peer support, and it's free to start. There's also Sambeo, which is a self-care coaching peer support therapy, and it's based on principles of cognitive behavioral therapy, mindfulness, meditation strategies, etc. That one can range between 60 and 200 a month, so it's also still so super affordable um, if you're paying $5 per month. Um, there's also Project Heal that's listed here, Inclusive Therapists, and that's one that especially supports marginalized populations, free to start. There's Lyra, which is kind of more general one that's out there I've used them before headway is another they're $200 annually there's e-mindful they list daylight they have at least like 50 options something like that listed on this website projecthealthyminds.com backslash resources and so that's a really great place to start especially because the in-person thing is not as much of an option during this time kind of nice that we all are working with what we're working with which is virtual and accessibility matters a lot to me and that's a place that you can go to to explore different options more deeply thank you so much for listening to this podcast i'm so grateful to be with you during your creative journey along my creative journey if you've been getting value from this podcast please support it 
at anchor.fm backslash no starving artist backslash support. That link is included in the show notes. You can find me on Instagram at, at Anissa Benitez. Follow me. Oh, I'm also on TikTok. That's my that's my favorite app, let me be honest. You can also follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. I'm so grateful to be learning and growing with you. I appreciate you.